And welcome into the Canucks and Pucks podcast. I'm your uh, one of the co-hosts, Matthew Zader, and we also have uh, joined Aiden and Dan. And uh, very excited to have uh, Al Murdoch, who's the Canucks PA announcer on the show. Very excited to have you here, Al. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. It is, uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, always great connecting with diehard Canuck fans. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing how the Canucks are doing the playoffs so far. And it's great to have you on the show to, to talk to Canucks, that's for sure. Um, yeah, just to start off, I uh, just wanted to get a bit of your background, uh, how you got into to, uh, the public dress announcing and how you got to ultimately to the Canucks. Uh, just to give us the listeners a background of your work so far. Well, uh, I spent um, almost 20 years in radio and television, and uh, during that time, I had the opportunity uh, to, of course, meet people in all walks of life and, and in the sporting world as well. And uh, back in the early 90s, I don't know if you guys were even born yet, um, there was a Major League Baseball uh, event that was held at BC Place called the Baseball Classic. And a friend of mine was producing the show, and uh, he didn't have a PA announcer. So he knew me from my radio days because I worked with his wife. And he said, hey, are you interested in doing the, uh, the PA for uh, this, this Major League Baseball event coming to town? It was the uh, Seattle Mariners and I think Tampa Bay, Detroit, um, and I can't remember the fourth team. It might have been, been the Jays. And uh, he just kind of threw me into it, and uh, I knew the formatics of, of baseball, and, and I was an announcer by trade, so it seemed a perfect fit. And as soon as I had done that first event, uh, I fell in love with it. Uh, then an opportunity came, of course, a few years later when the Vancouver Grizzlies uh, and the NBA came to town, and uh, I did that for six glorious years. It might not have been glorious basketball on the court, but it was glorious for me to see uh, – some of the best athletes in the world do their thing and me sitting at center court and, and announcing not only the Grizzlies names, but of course the likes of Shaquille O'Neal and Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Hakeem Olajuwon and the like. And then when the Grizzlies left town, um, I didn't do any PA work up until about 2011 when uh, my late great friend, John Ashbridge uh, at the time had a little bit of a health uh, issue and uh, had to miss the, uh, the first uh, couple of games of the uh, first series in the 2011 playoffs. So I was asked to come in and fill in for him. And then as the years progressed and, and John decided to kind of step away from his role as PA announcer, um, I started doing more and more games. And unfortunately, we lost John a couple of years ago. And uh, I had taken over full time about a year before John passed. And uh, I'm very grateful to, uh, to continue John's legacy as the uh, PA announcer of the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing to uh, like to hear you got hear you every every uh, game, and you have such a great voice. And uh, yeah, it's it's just awesome to actually hear you on on a podcast talking with you. It's uh, it's pretty good. Well, there's uh, there there was nev never any plan B, Matt. Uh, you know, uh, when I was six years old, growing up, um, I remember turning on a transistor radio back in the day. And hearing a voice come on and thinking that it was talking directly to me. And that's when I, that's when I knew that I wanted to do something with my voice. And uh, like I said, I, meant, uh, I spent almost 20 years in radio and television. And, and I've spent the last 20 years um, as a voice uh, actor. I have a studio in my home, so I've been doing that full time. So I've really been very, very fortunate to do what I do. It's a lot of fun. Hey, Al, 
Um, getting into hockey, like I'm probably a little older than you are. You know, I grew up in, you know, I was born in the, you know, the seventies. I grew up through the eighties. There was a lot of character in the voices at the arenas, as you all know, right? I mean, you, you know, you know, goal scored by number 16, uh, you know, uh, at, at some of the places. And, and John's voice was so distinct. It was so Vancouver, like basically every goal that, that Pavel or Trevor scored, it just, his voice was just so synonymous with announcing those types of goals. When you had to start taking over, what was it emotionally for you in terms of understanding that deep a connection with, with the fan base itself and, and you having to kind of now be that voice where a lot of us couldn't imagine, you're in the same spot now, a lot of us can't imagine someone else coming in and announcing Canuck goals at this point. That's where the mentorship of uh, John Ashbridge came in. I uh, had known John uh, up until he passed away for over 30 years. Um, so John and I had a relationship leading into me uh, not only filling in for him uh, while he was away and then slowly but surely, uh, you know, uh, taking over for, for John. Him and I would get together a lot um, away from the rink just uh, to, to sit down and have a beer and, and talk about life, but also to talk about, you know, the role of a PA announcer in not only John's mind, but my mind as well. Uh, the, John always preached, you are there first off to pass on information. So you are there to inform first and entertain second. And if you can get that into your mind that you aren't the star, the stars are on the ice, you're just there to pass on information. And, and then of course, the entertainment part comes in there. And of course, entertainment, the game presentation feed not only on the ice, but in and around the arena as a whole. So a lot of that is, is taken over as well. But I think what I did with, with, with John's mentorship was take a little bit of what John did and, uh, and then kind of blend in uh, some of, of, of me. And I think I found a, a real good pocket to be in. Um, because, you know, I don't want to make it too over the top, but I also want to make it entertaining for the fans, but also pass on the information. So John was a very, very big influence on me. And, and again, it was, you know, it, there are big shoes to fill when you, when you step into a, a position where, you know, John had been doing it since 1987. And uh, there was other voices prior to him, the likes of uh, John McComb and, and uh, Sterling Fox and, and Tom Peacock. So you want to go back and kind of take a look at, the lineage of the job and, and make sure that you're doing it justice. For sure. And you talk about big holes to fill. You're uh, stepping in with the NHL lately doing the winter classic and the all-star game. What's that been like? That was, uh, that was a really, really uh, uh, a fun time for me. I was approached um, the summer prior to last season. And um, when I was asked to, uh, to be a part of, uh, you know, first the uh, winter classic, uh, you know, I jumped at the opportunity they just wanted to make sure that uh, they had the same production crew going into all of the big signature NHL events. And I had worked with uh, Steve Mayer and, and John Baccaro uh, of the NHL, uh, first off uh, with the World Cup back in 2016. And then we went to uh, China with the Canucks and the Los Angeles Kings. And working with them, we really, we really had a really good synergy between us all. So when he asked me to, to be a part of that, I just, I didn't hesitate. But I also uh, wanted to make sure that I, I didn't take away an opportunity for the local PA announcer in, in Dallas, and of course, with the, with the Winter Classic, and then in St. Louis, 
with the All-Star Game and then the uh, Stadium Series in Colorado Springs. There's uh, some great PA announcers out there. There's, there's 31 of us, uh, soon to be 32 with the Kraken coming in. So I was very conscious of the fact that I was coming into somebody else's market. So uh, I wanted to make sure that the uh, local PA announcer were a part of it as well. So that's what we did. You know, I was there to announce all the entertainment, all the sponsorship, all the television elements and all of that kind of stuff. And then the local PA announcer, Jeff Kay in Dallas, Tom Calhoun in, uh, in St. Louis, um, and then uh, Alan Roach in Colorado, they got to do basically what they do in terms of announcing the goals and assists and penalties and all of that. So it was great because I got to work with them and be a part of, uh, you know, of history in some of these big events. Yeah, you talk about, uh, you know, the All-Star Game and the Winter Classic there. Uh, you've had a long career in PA announcing. What, um, what type of other memorable moments you've had over your career? I mean, there's a lot of Canucks moments. And we'll talk about, we have a question later on from Twitter about that. But just in general, what uh, some of the memorable moments you've had? Um, well, you know, uh, providing the PA for, for the NBA uh, for the six years that the Grizzlies uh, were here was, was, was fantastic. I mean, I never... I never missed a game. I got to do the NBA draft when it was held here. Um, and again, to sit at center court and watch some of the best athletes in the world uh, do their thing was, was, was pretty memorable. Um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to do the World Junior Championships, hockey championships a couple of years ago here in Vancouver. That was kind of one of those bucket list events that uh, I wanted to take part in. Uh, again, the China Games, like I mentioned with the, uh, with the National Hockey League, uh, to do you know, uh, events like, um, you know, the, the, the Steve uh, Nash b basketball uh, events, the charity events that w were held here, uh, some of the uh, amateur uh, basketball events that were happening at, 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 uh, at the arena as well. Uh, but you know what? In, in the end, uh, you know, since 2011, the Canucks have been my – it's been the dream job to do. So, uh, you know, I know you've probably got some questions about memorable goals and events like that, so we can, we can dive into that if you'd like. Um, before we dive into those ones, I, I do want to talk about goals. But, but, I mean, you have a relationship with the players. Like, you've met them and, and you've chatted with them. And that. Am I correct in that? Um, to a certain extent, um, you know, when – the fact that I'm up on level five at the arena – I'm not in the penalty box like some PA announcers are in the, right. uh, in the league. And actually, there are very few left in the penalty box just because of the fact that they're bringing in all this new gear, uh, you know, to track, uh, you know, uh, all the analytics that the NHL is going to be doing. So a lot of them are moving upstairs, kind of like where, where I sit. So in terms of my relationship with the players, I do get an opportunity to meet them, but it's mostly at, you know, charity events and uh and the like so i get an opportunity to meet, to meet them there but uh but but not as much as people might think okay um the reason i ask is over the last few podcasts that we've done and and we've seen it in the media and and, and such you, you know they talk about character and they talk about you know who the who the players are and such from that level again like we see it only in in articles and and you know we see how emotional they are on the ice but i mean like i said you've met them I just thought it might be nice to, to, for you to, to tell our listeners like just how real these, these kids are and how real these players are um, and, and that. And then how does that make you feel when you see those things because you have somewhat of a relationship with the players? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it, it really makes you feel good to understand that, that, that these guys are, they are professional athletes. They're in the limelight. They're superstars in the eyes 
of a lot of people, but in the end, they're just like you and me, you know, they put on their shoes, their, their pants the same way we do. And, and uh, they've got families and they've got responsibilities. And, and when, when you get an opportunity to meet the likes of Daniel and Henrik and Alex Burroughs, and I had a great elevator ride up, um, you know, with uh, Antoine Roussel a number of months ago when he was rehabbing and he was there with his wife and his two kids. And, and uh, he hadn't met me before, but he was the first guy to kind of, you know, back in the day when you could have contact and shake hands, you know, he was the first guy to reach out and shake my hand. And I introduced myself and said, you know, I'm the PA announcer here. And he was, oh, he was so excited. He goes, oh, I love how you announced my name. And, uh, you know, do you like the job? Do you have a family? So when you get those types of people generally interested in what you do, uh, it, it makes you feel uh, a whole lot better to know that, 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 that they're real people too. Speaking about being real and responsibilities and all that kind of stuff, we were just uh, kind of easing up on this global pandemic for now. Uh, what were you doing, Al, to keep yourself busy during the pandemic? Well, if you were following social media at all, uh, <laughs> I, I had decided that, uh, you know, when they postponed the, the National Hockey League season back in mid-March that, you know, I wouldn't be announcing goals and assists, uh, you know, for how long it was going to be. So I decided to do personalized goal announcements for, uh, for hockey fans, but specifically for Canuck fans. So they could connect with me through, through all social media platforms and say, hey, I'd like a request. Uh, you know, can you do a goal announcement for, you know, my kid's team, uh, my aunt, my uncle, somebody celebrating a birthday, um, you know, somebody that's in hospital that could really use a, you know, a, 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 a cheer up. And uh, so I did, uh, I did uh, quite a few, well, hundreds uh, between mid-March and August the 2nd when the play-in series uh, started between the Canucks and the Wild. I uh, received thousands of requests all over the world um, from places like, I mean, Belgium, Liechtenstein, Mexico, uh, Australia, um, uh, Bali, Indonesia, and of course all over, all over North America. So it, it was a lot of fun uh, providing that, that kind of bring the spirit of hockey back into the lives of, of, of hockey fans that you know, that we're missing it as much as I was. But also, the best part was really, really connecting with Canuck fans because, again, I'm way up on level five. Nobody really sees me. I don't get an opportunity to kind of get out there and uh, be amongst the people. So it was fantastic, uh, really uh, connecting with, with Canuck fans. For sure. It was just awesome to see those, the reaction to those posts on Twitter and on social media. Uh, you made so many people's days, and you could just tell. It's just you're such a big part of that experience in the arena. And get fans getting to hear that, or sorry, hear your voice outside of it was very special, I'm sure. Well, that, that, that was the goal going in. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I was missing it as much as everybody else. And in the end, if you can put a smile on somebody's face, especially with, with what's been going on over the last number of months, um, uh, that's, that's thumbs up for me. Yeah, so I mean, now that the Canucks are back playing, it's a, you're, I know you've been doing some of this uh, pregame stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, our game presentation crew um, and, uh, and production crew just decided that, you know, if there wasn't going to be, you know, an opening video and all of the great elements that we do pregame and, and intros of the, of the, of the players and, and the like, that, that we would do a virtual one. So, uh, you know, they, they asked me if I would, uh, if I would do, you know, some, some intros to, to the players as they would, uh, as they would go onto the ice. And, and of course, to work with my good friend, Mike Hall, who recently retired. And he was the guy that, 
that produced all of that great, um, uh, you know, imagery and uh, and intros and and all of the videos for uh, for for all of the uh, you know uh, Jersey uh, retirements um, for all of the Ring of Honors and all of that stuff. So he would write all of the intros, and I would voice them in my studio here at home. And of course, Tyson Geick, our in arena host, would would do his thing, and then we'd run the uh, the, the the pregame video. So. Again, we wanted to bring that spirit back in, even though it's not at Rogers Arena and, and it's not in front of fans. We wanted to bring that in. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. And I mean, it's great that you're able to do stuff, uh, even though there's no games at Rogers Arena. And I'm sure all the fans are appreciating all the stuff you've done. Um, let's go a little bit about like the in arena presentation that they've had over in the bubble in Edmonton at Rogers Place. And how do you think they've done overall? Uh, I mean, there's challenging times for sure, and uh, they've done a pretty good job, in my opinion. And what do you think about that? Oh, I think it's I think it's been incredible when you when you realize and and put it into a time frame how little time they had to prepare for this because in the end they knew probably Toronto was going to be a hub city, so they could get that going. But it, you know, it was going to be between Vancouver, Edmonton, and maybe another city. So when Vancouver was was not chosen, and then Edmonton was. They only had about five weeks to to get all of that uh, together uh, in terms of just what it was going to look like, and and that's why I respect and admire Steve Mayer, who is kind of running the show there, and John Beccaro of, of of the NHL, who uh, are are just some of the most passionate people that I've ever met uh, in terms of of what they love to do, and considering the time frame that they had, and looking at how it great it looks on television. And the elements that they brought in from every single team that was going to be in the play-in and, of course, the qualifiers and now the, the, the playoffs has, has just blown me away. So um, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just so happy for those people in general, but, but happy for hockey fans that, that at least get to watch the games, but also they want to bring in a little bit of each team in, into the elements of, uh, of game presentation, and I think they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I think they've done an awesome job too. Although I will say, I find it really odd that as the as the home team, the road teams, goal horns and and all their their stuff still plays while they're the road team. So I always find that kind of kind of interesting um, from that perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, I, I don't think you're going to please everybody, uh, but in the end, if that's the only thing that 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 has been an issue with with some people, and I've heard that from other people as well. Um, I would just kind of go, well, everything else trumps that, in, in my opinion. It's, it's always interesting to hear uh, when Chicago plays and, 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 and to hear Chelsea Dagger play inside another arena or any other goal song from another, another rink. It's got to be weird for the people that are, that are in those hub cities. Well, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, when Tuca was saying it yesterday, you know, he says, you know, he doesn't feel there's atmosphere or whatever. It's probably kind of uh, that, that thought, but I do agree with you. Um, it doesn't, you know, ultimately take away from, you know, hockey's back. It's been really good. Clearly the, the Canucks St. Louis series is, is, uh, is probably right now the best series of, of the series we've watched so far. And um, it's really fun just to be able to watch hockey at 11 a.m. or even yesterday at 8 a.m. Yeah, I mean, if you're a hockey fan and you've missed it, uh, there's more than enough to, uh, <laughs> to fill your time. Uh, you know, when games do start that early, and of course we've got the, the, the second uh, Canucks Blues game starting at 3.30 in the afternoon on a Friday. So I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to be 
you know, diving out of work early, at least the ones that are still lucky enough to, to be working. Uh, uh, I think it's fantastic. I, I love hockey any time of the day. Yeah, the Oak Street Bridge is going to be rush hour at 2.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And as you've noticed, guys, the, it looks like traffic has gotten back to that lovely, uh, you know, West Coast traffic bumper to bumper on the freeway and everywhere else. So things look at least relatively normal on the streets. Speaking of the streets, let's get into our uh, first question from Twitter here. Uh, this is from at the Orca overseas. And it is, do people recognize your voice on the streets? Such as like when you're ordering a coffee or uh, paying for parking or something like that. It's funny that you asked that because it does it does happen all the time. And the first time that it that it actually the first time that I noticed it, no, actually wasn't actually my voice that it was uh, that that was being recognized. Uh, John Ashbridge and I were actually out getting a coffee one day, and uh, he said, "Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it this time." So he went up to the uh, the counter to order the coffee, and, and John orders the coffee, and w- within seconds there were two or three people that that just jumped up and said, "Hey, are you John Ashbridge?" So they recognized his voice right away, and uh, and and yes, and, and it has happened to me <laughs> quite a number of times. Uh, and, and again, it's really cool to 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 uh, to to get recognized in terms of what you do, and have people be so positive and so nice. And uh, and 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 I make sure that I take a few minutes to to you know to to interact with them and find out you know who they are, where they're from, who's their favorite Canuck player, because. Some of that stuff, uh, some of those interaction with Canuck fans away from the rink, you can bring a little bit of that and some ideas back when you go back to the rink with your game presentation crew and, and talk about some of the things that Canuck fans like or don't like or would like to see more of. So it's kind of a win-win. Has anyone uh, requested of you to, to say, Bo Horvat? Yeah, many, many times. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since I started uh, doing the personalized goal announcements. Um, a lot of people were, uh, were requesting that, you know, can, can you do one for my son and, and can Pedersen and, and Horvat be the assist? And of course, I didn't do any of the, uh, of the Canucks players just because I didn't want to take anything away from them in terms of, of goals and assists that, that, you know, haven't happened yet. So, uh, but I get, I get requests for that quite, quite often. And of course, now I'm doing the, the goal announcements, uh, for the Canuck players during the, uh, during the play-in series with Minnesota, I decided to do them, and of course now I'm continuing with the uh, with the Blues series, and and people are people are really really loving it, so that 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 makes me feel good. Yeah, no no kidding, and and I guess uh, when so did you announce Stetcher's goal then or? Oh yeah, I've I've been announced uh, every goal since the since the uh, since they got back August the second, whether it be Minnesota or or this series so uh it was it was it was it was great to announce that one for sure yeah no kidding no kidding yeah so next question uh it's who started the the wooing was that something you started or was some was that something from something else that was started by our former dj uh dj dave levinson um he brought that out i can't remember what particular season but it was probably i mean it's probably been going for um, how many years now? Um, but he decided that after a game or after a goal was scored by, by the Canucks, he just kind of threw that in. They gave him, they gave him some, some free reign back in the day to kind of throw in elements. And uh, no one had talked about it, but he threw that in and immediately people uh, were drawn to it. And uh, he did it again. And then people just repeated it right after. 
so it has been it has been part of the game presentation routine since since that time. So you can credit DJ Dave for bringing that in. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I I find other teams start doing it. I've started doing it too, which is like, no, the Canucks started it, so it's <laughs> it's pretty cool. You'll you'll find though when you look at other other arenas, you know, there's a lot of what I call borrowing of yeah. uh, of of ideas and uh, and and listen, if, if if another arena has a good idea and we can take it and kind of make it our own. I don't see any reason why you, you can't do that. I mean, a good idea is a good idea. It's, it's making it uh, a part of, of what you do in your individual market that uh, is what makes it shine. You talk a lot about uh, taking the time for the fans in public when they recognize your voice and all of that stuff. Uh, do you ever catch yourself, because you just do it so often, announcing uh, a mundane life event, like taking out the trash or something? This is another question from Twitter. <laughs> this steak this steak brought to you by <laughs> yeah exactly that's right yeah um uh no because i think it would annoy the neighbors a little bit i'm <laughs> sure that it would uh you know i what i, I try to do is uh, because you know pa announcing is is a part of my is a part of my routine is a part of my life uh and as a voiceover actor with a studio at home i'm, I'm busy doing voiceovers for you know commercial clients and, and movie trailers and documentaries and, and commercials and, and, and stuff like that. So a lot of times uh, my voice is really tired by the end of the day and I might not have much left to do any sort of talking. So <laughs> when I come home, sometimes my wife and daughter, they, you know, you know, how was the game? And I'd say, Oh, it was really good. And they'd want to talk about things. I go, listen, you know, I've been talking all day. Uh, I need just a few minutes and a cup of tea and then <laughs> we can get back to a, a conversation. But uh, I try to leave that to the side and uh, and try to be a regular person. But sometimes, and I am a regular person, of course, but but sometimes uh, you, you, you can't get away with it. You know, you, you'll be out and somebody will hear you talking and immediately they'll, they'll recognize it and, and want to chat, which I don't mind at all. What about so the tourists uh, have assist by nobody? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting there. Go yeah, ahead. no, that's that's good. No, I was just gonna say too. Like, I, I wonder, like your daughter's uh, friends too. They probably get a kick out of it as well, eh? Yeah, they do. And uh, I I volunteer my time because my my daughter is uh, she's going into her last year of high school and and she's a, a competitive uh, a basketball player. So uh, I make sure that uh, I am available uh, when they need me to when they have tournaments and the like. So I'll I'll go do uh, the PA for her. Uh, basketball tournaments and uh, I'll help out at my I live in Port Moody so uh, I've got friends that have kids that that, that play minor hockey here and uh, if they need me to do a you know the intros and 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 the like for a for a Bantam tournament and I'm available I'll make sure that I get down and help them out as well and uh, because that's that's something that John Ashbridge also did uh, uh, many 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 times and he said if you have the opportunity to do that uh, I would recommend it. So any bit of advice with, that John gave me, I, you know, I took it to heart. So I try to do that as often as I can. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, let's, uh, let's jump into the most memorable goal you've ever called. Uh, I mean, you probably have a lot uh, to go through as all of your career and there's so many memorable uh, moments. Uh, what was your top, we'll say top three, just to kind of give you a bit of a uh, bit of leeway. Top three uh, in terms of Canucks? Yeah, in terms of uh, Canucks goals that you've called, what is the most memorable ones? 
Um, okay. Um, I would probably go back to October of, uh, of last year when Quinn Hughes scored his first goal against the Kings. That was fantastic because, again, to announce somebody's first goal is not only cool for me, but it's got to be fun to hear for uh, the player that scored and his, and his parents and, and all the people that helped him get into the, into the National Hockey League. Um, Elias Pettersson's first NHL goal almost a year prior to that, uh, October of 2018 against the Flames. We all remember it. Uh, you know, he burst down the, the right side and just wires it. Uh, but I, if you're going to talk about the number one, it's probably um, Daniel Sedin's last couple of goals in uh, his and Henrik's last game at Rogers Arena. Uh, if, if, if you go back, you remember Henrik assisted on both goals. Uh, the first one at 33 seconds of the second period. Again, you can't make this stuff up. It just writes itself. Um, the game winner at 2.33 of overtime uh, to beat Arizona. And having them, you know, be co-first stars, the first and only stars shared by Daniel and Henrik, uh, that was probably the most memorable and probably the most emotional um, announcements that I've ever had to do just because we knew that we would never see them play again at Rogers Arena. Um, Henrik's 1,000 points uh, when he reached that milestone back in, I think it was uh, January 2017, uh, against the Panthers and, of course, scoring against former captain Roberto Luongo. Uh, so a lot of, lot of great announcements in terms of goals, but also the celebrations, the Jersey retirements, the, the Alex Burroughs and Matias Olin's uh, you know, uh, ring of honor celebrations, all of those kind of things are, are so, so much fun to do because you can really throw emotion into it. And we know the, we know the fans are really going to, are going to love what they just saw, but also just to, to be a part of it and to, and to just spur them on to get more emotional and to cheer louder and to clap and to wave the towels. That's what the job is, is it for me is to see the instant reaction from the fans after something that you've announced. Hey, Al, can you explain on your, on your side, too, because we're talking about this, 2011 and, you know, the Slay the Dragon call, as well as the Alex Burroughs overtime winner, uh, you know, we ultimately, we know that uh, the Canucks injuries caught up to them terribly. But from your perspective, too, calling those things, being in those arenas, what, what was that like compared to some of these other goals you just mentioned? Well, as much as I like to or take credit for those, uh, my, my, my friend John Ashbridge was back, and he was, and rightfully so, in the PA chair for all of those great moments. And uh, if you go back and, and take a look, um, not only those great moments, but when, you know, when Ash announced the golden goal by Sydney in the Olympics, you know, we would laugh over, over coffee or a beer talking about that because he, he would uh, say that, you know, a lot of times the, you know, the crowd probably wouldn't hear him announce it because he, they were cheering so loud. So uh, John was still in the PA chair and rightfully so. So he, he, had, he had the opportunity to announce all of those great moments. Yeah, I apologize then because I, I mean, I have a fairly good memory and, and I just, I thought that you were the PA announcer for um, those, those goals. So I apologize. No, no worries. No worries. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I filled in for him that in the first series in 2011 and then he was back to, to, to do to do the rest and uh and it's great going you know back in, into uh into the rabbit hole of youtube and uh and listen to all of those great announcements because again it takes you right back to where you were 
at that moment. Like from 2011 to 2020, Al, uh, just as a fan, because I, I know you're watching the team day in and day out, uh, what have been some of your highlights or some of your storylines you've seen from uh, the Canucks in the playoffs and play-ins so far this year? I like to think of it as, as I like to put myself into the in, into the mindset of, of what these players are are going through just going into the bubble first off, leaving their family and, and friends behind. And I know they've got a job to do, but I always just try to think what's going on in their minds. Now, sure, they can be 100% focused on, on hockey, which is fantastic. But, you know, we have never gone through what we're going through now in, the, in our world. And, and then to throw hockey or any sport into it and, and have them be part of something that's never happened before, no fans, uh, you know, no instant gratification from a crowd that, that loves them or that can spur them on when they need that extra bit to, to get them over the hump or to score that tying goal or game-winning goal in overtime. So that's what I first kind of try to think about, at least before they started. But, you know, watching the Minnesota series, that first game was a real eye-opener for them. And I think sometimes a loss, um, you know, in a, in a five-game or, or seven-game series uh, especially at the beginning, it, it might be a good thing because it's it's like okay, we're here now. These are the guys that we're facing. They're good. We need to either make some changes or you know get together as a unit. And you could see in that game too. And from then on, the camaraderie and people stepping up. Not necessarily even the top six, but the bottom six guys blocking shots, doing whatever it takes. They've really bought in to what Travis's uh, teachings have been. And uh, I think it's just been incredible to see them go from where they were in the regular season when the NHL season was postponed. And yeah, you know, they were going to make the playoffs. I, I didn't, there was no question about that in my mind. And, uh, but to see the team then and to see the team now and how they're gelling, it's so exciting. And that the first game against St. Louis, um, St. Louis played a, a, a decent game. You could see why they're, you know, the reigning, Stanley Cup champions. They're a good team. Bennington didn't have a great game. Um, not to say that uh, the goals were soft. Uh, they were great shots, especially, you know, Stetcher's game winner really was, was you know, he just threaded the needle with that shot, you know, in between the hip and the, and, and the arm of Bennington. Um, but again, it's really about seeing them gel, not only off the ice, but on the ice and the leadership of Bo and, and JT Miller doing those player you know, intros in terms of the starting lineup inside the dressing room and see how everyone is just, they bought in when Tanny scored the winner against Minnesota. See the jubilation of it. That's why we watch sports. That's why we are so um, are so enveloped with our teams uh, is because of moments like that. So <laughs> I'm really excited uh, uh, about the fans and as a fan to see where the team is right now. And uh, a lot of people are calling them a, a dark horse in this playoff series. If they get through uh, the St. Louis Blues, uh, I'm telling you, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this team can go. Well, Al, I don't, I don't mean to brag, but I'm, I'm the patient zero. I'm one of the first people. I remember when Pedersen at the, um, at the uh, young when they did their young stars a few years ago, watching him with my son, and uh, I looked and I said, like, this kid is generational. Um, you know, you know, Brock Besser was was up and coming. Um, all the pieces were there. And a few years ago, um, a few years back here, I said, uh, you know, like this team reminds me 
of the Chicago Blackhawks. They remind me of that type of a core. And, um, you know, I think for many years to come, you're going to be getting a sore throat and you're going to be getting pretty excited because I think there's going to be a lot to cheer about, um, uh, you know, in a lot of years to come, realistically and honestly. I can't wait for that. And I've heard that analogy before, the comparisons between, uh, you know, those great Chicago teams. And Chicago's still pretty darn good right now, but I, I, I hear you. And I agree with you 100%. And uh, I will bring lots of lozenges with me <laughs> the next time I have an opportunity to announce, uh, 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 you know, a playoff game you know, or maybe a Stanley Cup final where the L Vancouver Canucks are a part of. It, yeah, lots of fishermen's friends, eh? You got that right. <laughs> Sponsor plug. Sponsor plug. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we talked a bit about the team's chemistry on and off the ice. Like, have you seen, like, you've got, you've, talk with different uh, Canucks teams over the years. Have you seen a team like this, uh, you know, in the time you've been uh, PA announcing? Um, well, I mean, I've seen, I've seen, you know, back in 2011 when I, you know, I filled in those first couple of games in the first, uh, the first series, um, they had such a great team. They had a lot of chemistry. Um, you know, they, and they had a lot of leadership. They had great goaltending. Um, they had the West Coast Express. And, you know, those were, those were good times. But since then, I don't think I've seen a team gel like the Canucks have, uh, especially in the short period of time. And the thing about this team is not only are they gelling right now and not only do they have the players to really go really deep into this playoffs, if not win at all, but they have got so much young talent on that team and they can only get better. When you see the likes of Quinn Hughes and where he is right now and think, look at how young that guy is. And he's not only a Calder finalist, but I would put him, in my mind, one of the top five defensemen in the National Hockey League right now. So the future looks bright even beyond this particular season. So you've got to be excited about where they are now but you've got to be even more excited about where they can go. Yeah, I think that's a really good comment, Al, because um, it isn't just, you know, we know that this team, there's there's chemistry, and it, it seems like there's the potential for something really special to happen here. But that pipeline is so full, too, that, you know, there are going to be players that are moving on. There are older players that are going to retire or move on in their careers, and you've got that pipeline to keep that going and to have that core. And so I think that's a really good comment that you made there. Yeah, I'm a genius, you know. I really should be – I should be running the team, I guess. <laughs> at, least, at, least, at least on sports radio. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I've got all the answers. Yeah, it seems so easy, doesn't it? Yeah, us uh, – you know, us armchair uh, general managers and, and coaches, we've got all the, we've got all the answers. Uh, I, I don't know if I could uh, even think about doing those jobs. Uh, I, I like sitting back and, and letting other people do all the work and then enjoy the, the benefits of, of, of being a hockey fan. Is the announcer's chair comfy on the fifth floor there? Uh, it's pretty decent. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, I might have to write in some sort of a clause in my next uh, in, in my next contract for uh, maybe a, a special chair. I don't know uh, if I can get some, uh, some, uh, some help from some hockey fans saying, give Al a new chair. Maybe I'll throw that in there too. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. We're, we're all, we're all the same up there. We all are a great team. We all sit in the same sort of chairs. And uh, <laughs> that's one thing I do miss about, uh, about not being a part of, of this is that, 
you know, it would have been my, 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 my first Stanley Cup playoffs since 2011. And again, I only did the first couple of games. So I haven't done a Stanley Cup playoff since then. So I'm certainly missing doing that and missing uh, all of my coworkers at the, uh, at the, at the Canucks. Awesome. I think that's a great place to wrap it up, eh, Matthew? Yeah, so just the, just the final thing. I mean, just as a fun thing, uh, who do you think is going to score the goal, uh, the first goal tonight or this afternoon? Who's going to score the first goal this afternoon? Um, let me see. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw this one. I mean, depending on the lineup, right? Depending on the lineup. Yeah. But um, I'm gonna pick McEwen. Oh yes. Yeah, he's, and, he's been an amazing guy to watch too. And who's gonna assist on the goals? Do you think? Uh, who's gonna assist on the goals? Uh, let's say. Well, depending again on on the lineup. Um, well, it'll be Beagle and Mott. How's that? The Grinders. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's an exciting one. So uh, to continue the fun side of it, then, can you uh, announce the first goal of the game today, uh, Al? Can you, uh, can you give us that uh, goal call? I certainly can. Vancouver goal. His first of the preseason scored by Zach McEwen. The assist to Jay Beagle and Tyler Mott. Time of the goal. It's five o'clock somewhere. Woo! <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. I got you. Woo! All right, that's awesome. Yeah, th- thanks, Al, for coming on the show. It's, it was uh, exciting to talk to you, and uh, and maybe down the road we'll get you on again. I would, uh, I would love to come back on, uh, Matthew, Aiden, Dan. It's a pleasure meeting you guys. Congratulations on the podcast. It's, uh, it's fantastic talking hockey anytime, and especially like I said, with diehard Canuck fans like you guys. Uh, very yeah, great, thanks. very grateful and humble on our side. Don't for sure. Yes, definitely. Go Canucks, go! Go Canucks, go! Go Canucks, go! Yeah, thanks, uh, Al, for coming on the show. It was a great interview, and. Uh, hoping to hope to have you on the show again that uh it's always awesome to be talking uh talking to you and it's how long he's been in the pa uh, business so thanks again um so just to wrap up this episode uh dan and i gave our keys to the game uh in the last episode but uh hey aiden you're back back with us so maybe give us your three keys to to this afternoon's game that goal announcement gave me chills man but yeah i'll talk about my three keys to the game here First one is um, continue the momentum. That was a very strong win over a very strong team in game one. And if they can continue that momentum, come out of the gate fast, get those leads, just keep pressing and kind of keep the lead. If they can do that and get out of the gate early with the first goal or hopefully first couple of goals, then I think they'll win this game and just completely have all the momentum over the Blues. Uh, The second one is keep Markstrom having an easy job. Play high on the defense, uh, force them to the outside. They have great scores in St. Louis. We saw that on the breakaway in game one there. Uh, they just need to be kept to the outside and not have great A chances in the middle of the ice. If they do that and uh, keep the goals again down, I think they'll be in very good shape. And the final one is keep Tyler Myers out of the box. Now, this might be too isolated to have as a key, but – they just can't take penalties. And I unfairly isolated Myers there, but all of them just can't take penalties. And they got to stay disciplined and not let the high-powered Blues get the opportunity to take the advantage, to take the momentum that I keep talking about and uh, potentially change the game. Yeah, 
<clears throat> pardon me, those are great keys. And, and on Tyler Myers there, I mean, Tyler Myers. Um, I think uh, what you can, uh, like you guys didn't get my joke there. Like that, that's, uh-huh. like, that's okay. what's been going on here. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think this is a, you know, he's not facing a Fiala or a Jared Spurgeon like we, we talked about yesterday. He should get back to playing that physical game because the Blues are taller, they're bigger. And as long as he's not reaching, he can he can start being the physical defenseman he was um, in the first round. And he'll probably, you know, most likely he's not going to take or they're not going to call those penalties because if they do that, then we're going to have to call the Blues, which basically negates the Blues game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with uh, a lot of those like those keys too, Aiden. It's uh, the Canucks are going to have to keep uh, keep the momentum going, but their defense defensively they got to be better too. And uh, yeah, stay out of the box. I think that goes for both teams, even like even for the Blues, they got to stay out because the Canucks. I don't want them to stay out of the box. The Canucks power play is good, but um, that's a key for like this is going to come down to special teams, I think, in the end. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, and it's going to be exciting to watch another Canucks game, and hopefully. That uh, goal announcement that Al just did actually comes true. I liked how he said McEwen. That that's a bit of a wild card, but I I really hope it's true. Well, again, remember McEwen lost his dad too, right? So I mean, it's just like it just it just seems like this team is galvanized um, through personal loss, and they're there for each other, and and I think that's a really good thing. And by the way, um, speaking about the defense, real quick, I know I ragged on Alex Edler yesterday. I didn't realize, but he had one amazing play yesterday where he closed or the, in game one where he clotheslined David Perron. <laughs> I mean, he literally <laughs> clotheslined him and flipped him over. Like, they got to do that all the time. And you notice that didn't get called a penalty, by the way, because it was oh, yeah. David Perron. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, so it's it's going to be uh, going to be interesting. I, I didn't realize that Al was actually doing the, the gold um, announcements after everything, too. That's a great comment because I didn't notice that either. Like, you can't tell that he's doing the goal announcements right now. I thought it was someone else. I thought it wasn't like an Oiler guy that they're just, that's just doing all the goals. I didn't I think, realize he was doing them. I think in arena it is him, but I think he may be doing it on social media after. I don't think he's doing it in arena. Oh, yeah. See, I thought he was doing it in yeah. arena. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what they were going to do in the first place. I thought they were going to record, uh, you know, things from the PA guys and, and have that come out that's what i thought he said like that's yeah that's what that's how i understood his comment matt i understood it that way Well, now i'm gonna have to listen closely today (laughs) so yeah so it's it's uh it was great having him on the podcast i think that was that was amazing and like you said aiden that gave me chills when he did that too (laughs) oh my gosh it's it's like being back in the arena it just feels so right i'm hyped for the game this afternoon now just because of those 15 words yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and his career too, the span of, of what he's done. And, and again, like he talked about some players, I mean, he didn't mention them, but I mean, the greatest basketball player who ever lived, yeah. Michael Jordan. And, and uh, you know, it would have been, it would have been interesting. I, I, I wanted to, but it wasn't appropriate, but I would love to have asked him like, what was that like to witness that where the bulls looked like they were out of it. And all of a sudden a guy like Michael Jordan just takes over a game and, and basically, you know, to blue Edwards, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. See you next time like that's 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 a that's amazing but yeah just just the you know the the, the people and, and everything that he's come in contact with that was um that's a pretty special interview thanks for arranging that matt oh yeah and for sure pippin on the bench and all that kind of stuff like i really also wanted to act about the basketball stuff as well because it was just such an era 
a play too. And it's just so incredible that you uh, got to do that. And yeah, like I, yeah, that was a great comment, Aiden, because I, I mean, I mean, great for the Raptors and all, but I just do not care about the NBA. I don't like it. I, I think the games are too – and honestly, I do. I believe they're big. I believe the fouls are, are pretty determined or whatever you want to call it. Um, back then, that was – you know, you had so many good teams with so many stars, and they allowed them to play basketball. And if anyone hasn't watched, like, late – you know, early 90s basketball with the Seattle Sonics, Utah Jazz, Houston Rockets, Chicago Bulls, um, the Detroit Pistons, the Bad Boys. Yeah, like, yeah. Dan, like go back and watch that basketball and you will see a huge difference in those games versus what you see now. Yeah, so that, that, uh, that pretty much wraps up uh, episode 16 of the podcast. And it was great to have uh, Al Murdoch come on and uh, take the time out of his day and out of his busy schedule to, to come on our podcast. So uh, thanks, Al, again for, for coming on. Absolutely. And hey, Aiden, it's great to have you uh, back on again, too. It's, uh, it, it's not, it, you know, it's, it's great with uh, just Matt, but uh, boy, it's, 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 it's great to have you on as well. Oh, it's always good to have a mediator to split the two of you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, like our playoff preview show was, uh, was almost two hours, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, two hours. Oh, you guys. You guys. You guys. You guys. Go Canucks, go. Go Canucks, go. Canuck, go. go. So let's win tonight, get up a 2 nothing series lead.